good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. Welcome to this episode 239 of the Material Podcast with your host, of which I am one, and I am Andy Anatko, and the other one is Florence Florence Ion. Ion. That's me. So, so, so how are you doing? How are you doing this week? Um, well, I'm, I'm tired. I'm very tired. You know, I really remember now what it's like to live life off of very little sleep. I haven't even had the baby yet. And I'm talking this way, by the way. Uh, and I just, yesterday I'd managed to get a full night's sleep beforehand, miraculously. But last night, because I did a thing last night, which was, by the way, like the first thing I've done in weeks. So it was a much warranted needed thing to do because I didn't go to sleep. I didn't try to go to sleep until midnight. And then I just laid in bed staring at the ceiling until 3 a.m. I woke up in a very bad mood today. It was very, um, it was not good. And I was very tired. But I wanted to Thank everyone for bearing with us these last couple of months, actually, because I know we've kind of been our publishing time has been a little fluctuating between the usual Thursday to Friday. And I know it's been kind of up in the air. And also, I just want to thank everybody for kind of all of our listeners for sticking with us because um I have been fluctuating a lot just because of what is happening to my body at the present time. <laughs> and I also want to thank our editor, Jim, who has been incredibly flexible about editing and just like understanding the chaotic nature that is being a pregnant person. <laughs> <laughs> there, I have no, it's, it's really frustrating to not have any control over your body. <laughs> It's it it is very frustrating. They don't talk about this enough also, which is why I want to bring it up on our podcast because I want to put it out into the world. Like nobody talks about how difficult pregnancy is on a body. I mean, we kind of do, but even in like the little subtlest ways, it's it's a lot of work. Um it's you know, yesterday it was very cold yesterday and I was outside without a heat without a a jacket because I literally have a perpetual heater inside of me and I'm just too hot to sit anywhere. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now this is going to turn into flow complaints about. No, no, you, you, you have ample, ample reason <laughs> to, to, to note that things, that, that things can be quite difficult. Uh, but I, now this, this might be an ignorant question, but uh, it, it does fit into like certain Android uh, and Google-based products does mm-hmm. like Google Fit? Does your like status for the day? Does the amount of steps and the heart rate of the baby contribute towards your daily total? So is that taking some of the burden off of you? Unfortunately, not. And and they're kicking me a lot. So there's clearly some activity going on in there. Some step activity. I haven't been able to move much. I'm just too tired. <laughs> I'm too tired. Like and going. Uh, yeah. What well, I should. Yeah, I don't want to turn this into a pregnancy. No, podcast, no, 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 but no I that's, could. that's 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 perfectly fine. We'll we'll, uh, we'll I, I will I will only before moving on. I will only note that like you are uh, uh, if 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 this is a if we could say that Material Podcast Co is a three person enterprise between you, myself, and Jim. The fact that one if one third of the entire workforce is pregnant and 
we have the ability to simply adjust <laughs> adjust to one third of the workforce's schedule. What is the excuse for all of the other like tech industries that make it so hard to accommodate like a, a pregnant staffer? Thank you, Andy. That I absolutely agree with that. Um, and I have the privilege. I mean, because after this baby is out, I get to essentially choose my own schedule and like choose my own adventure or kind of going from here. Um, granted, I don't have the benefits of a <laughs> salaried position, but it's a it's a it's very interesting. And basically, you're going to you're going to hear a lot about this from me this year, because I'm already as I was telling Andy before we started recording, I've already got like a long list of essays and things that I want to write just about like this whole experience and also in related to just like the technology. And I mean, just it's, it's quite, um, it's quite an idea maker, <laughs> so to speak. Um, especially cause now I'm going to be navigating this new world of baby gadgets, which is, go. whoa, like, <laughs> uh, oh. Well, I, I had yeah. so so I had I had a little adventure the other day, and I'm using that word sarcastically. I, I kind of saw I saw it on Twitter. I, yeah, please tell us about it. Because... Yeah. Okay. So I because it's so, happened to a lot of us, by the oh, way. So you just I was so so I so I call for an Uber. the The Uber arrives promptly. I'm waiting outside for the Uber. Everything's going smoothly so far, but uh, I get into the car and. Uh, now, this part of this has nothing to do with Android, okay? This is just the way of the world. For some reason, and this has never happened before, the Uber the Uber driver app has some sort of a security feature where the driver cannot proceed until the passenger uh, provides that person with a, four, a special four-digit code that okay. is only visible on the passenger's copy of the uber app so just to make sure that the person is getting into the right ride so the okay. person so the driver is not going to get the directions not going to get anything like that now pro- <laughs> now as i uh, so uh, the other problem which again is nothing to do with android and also nothing that i would i will ever complain about it's just something that happened the driver did not speak english so all i knew was that he was showing me like his app with a keypad on it and he was trying to indicate the complex gesture that uh, there is a number on your Uber app that you need to give me that I can then key into there. But I, all I know is that he's gesturing and trying to doing his best to explain, and I don't, I'm not understanding. And so, meanwhile, I don't know why my <laughs> I don't know why my, the the Android phone in my hand is making all these is saying. And to use the voiceover feature, like I don't know what, where this word is coming from. Meanwhile, I'm trying to figure out why, like this keypad is appearing before me, and then like trying to get this thing to shut up, but it won't. Sh- but but the app won't shut up because what happened was that I guess that as as I did not know before, there's a shortcut for turning on the talkback accessibility feature. That is, if you hold down both of the volume buttons for too long an amount of time i guess i had while i was like picking up my phone i must have like held down to those buttons it puts you into accessibility mode and because it was the first time i'd used that mode it was walking me through a train like a like a five page like here's how to here's how to do it and the other problem was that i'm now in accessibility mode which means that 
the buttons that I would press to proceed to the next thing or say, please shut up. Now I'm trying to focus on what this nice gentleman is trying to tell me uh, was I no longer knew how to scroll. I no longer knew how to press buttons. Okay. So I'm not have this phone in my hand that is making all kinds of noise that's distracting me. And also I need to get into the Uber <sighs> app in order to get this four digit number. And I can't, I can't even go. I figured that I figured out that, well, okay, it's something that I must've accidentally triggered accessibility. All I have to do is just go into settings and turn that off. But once again, I don't know how to press buttons and I don't know how to scroll when I get into settings and it can't. And so I decided to restart the, it was I. I felt unloved by God at that moment. <laughs> oh, you know, Andy. that's. <laughs> yeah, does, that, does that ever happen to you? Where it's not so much. Uh, maybe it is a form of self pity, but it's like feeling unloved by God. Why? Yes. Exactly. It's okay, like at some at some point, but... I you know I am an I am an imperfect vessel for the perfection of the universe. I make mistakes, often through ignorance. Hopefully, not through any malice. But how would I ever know? Not being able to judge my own actions, that perhaps God decided that a corrective action was necessary much as you would withhold a treat from a dog that had piddled on the corp on the carpet just to communicate <sighs> that I know we don't speak a language that we each understand dog and human but I need to you to feel that something is wrong in our relationship and I want you to use that as an excuse to evaluate what you've been doing that's so yes I felt unloved by God I f- finally figured out that I finally figured out how to get through this finally. And so we were just idling there for, it felt like an hour. (laughs) It was probably just like five minutes, but you you know that there are two people in this car. One of these people is responsible for us not being able to move forward. And it was definitely me. And that's never a good feeling. So I'm glad, I'm glad that access, (laughs) I'm glad that talkback exists. I'm glad that accessibility features exist. I just wish that uh, holding your phone too tightly would not result in my suddenly being eight years old and being handled, being handed a device I've never used before and having to figure out how it works. That's all. No, I completely understand. I mean, this has happened to me multiple times. This has happened to me when I've been behind the wheel, like I'm driving. (laughs) And then for some reason, something happened uh, with Android auto or whatever it was and it turned into talk back or maybe it's just that the UI buzzed out and and I exited out of something and now I'm like ah crap I'm driving but also my phone is you know and which by the way is is bad and please don't write us uh, scolding me because I know already about all this and I don't have a fancy infotainment system in my car okay I only have my smartphone right now um I but I do think it's worth noting that the stuff exists and has to be that way because, because the folks who rely on the accessibility uh, features, I mean, they, they need that prompt to just like help them know instinctually like what is happening. And yes, it happens at the wrong time all the time, but you know what? At least, at least it works. Right. And and by the way, if anybody is curious about some of the accessibility features that are a part of uh, Android 10, uh, you know, I wrote an article at Lifehacker a couple of uh, months ago. If you just Google Android 10 accessibility features, Florence Ion, you could probably find my article somewhere. I could probably link it in the show notes or something. <clears throat> but anyway, I was going to ask uh, you about exactly that thing. <laughs> Thank you for bringing it up. Well, some of those features since I wrote that article have actually come out for older 
Pixel phones. So it just yeah. goes to show how much uh, Google pays attention to its um, accessibility needs. It's ex- its user base that really relies on that. But yes, it is the worst when it happens when you are just trying to go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that happened, Andy. But but it's also hilarious, and thank you for it sharing no, it, that it, story it, with it, us. It, it, actu- it actually is. This is so the, one way of describing it is I feel unloved by God. The other way of describing it is that. <laughs> It's like there's there's a comedy channel on on God's like cable system. Occasionally, you are the star of the sitcom that God is watching at the moment. You don't know it; it's not scheduled, but you just find yourself that you find yourself chasing an entire like bag of grocery apples down two flights of stairs because it's your day to be Jerry Lewis. I mean, went back uh, when he was funny before he got introspective, right? Self-aware. Right. Uh, and by the way, God's streaming network uh, also runs on the NBC ad network, just in mm. case anybody was wondering. There are ads in heaven. I understood because... they put a really good bid in for for the Friends package, but they got beat out. <laughs> Even God cannot compete. Even God cannot compete. With a modern modern media conglomerate <laughs> approach uh, to, uh, uh, to content delivery. Yes. Uh, well, speaking of speaking, speaking of more of, money, speaking of God, yeah, speaking of more money than God. Uh, see, I, I never know how to react when this becomes a news story. I, I, that's why I didn't this put it like in the regular my feed. I'm like, okay, cool. It, it's like finding out a friend has like cashed out their stock and has like bought a really nice car. Like, well, I well don't no, really... because see, this is okay. So, so Google hit a one trillion dollar valuation, and it's like, ooh, ooh, news. Oh, oh, that was success. Oh, but see, the difference is that. Like if if you're a good person, and I hopefully am a good person. Like if 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 uh, if a friend of mine said as, as my investments and my 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 work and my stock has been outperforming like what my financial advisors thought it was going to be, and it turns out that I can retire like now instead of 15 years from now, I would be nothing but happy for them because they're real people, okay, and yeah, you're happy yeah. for your friends. With Google, it's like okay. Yay! <laughs> it's like good they are, for you. So now you now you can now the thumb that is like pressed down, or, or the the boot that is pressed on the neck uh, of uh, of the proletariat is now like one of those really nice Ferragamo pumps, like with the with the diamels, no, the real diamonds and like the gold leaf. It's like thank you for now having a better. I, I'm not. I'm. I. I don't think it's a bad thing for them. It's just that it's it's like when a, a stock a stock uh, price hits a certain high, there's no context to say that this is a really, really good thing. If anything, this is part of the conversation of we are having <laughs> it's we're 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 at that that part of our sociological awareness to wonder if is it a good idea that there are a handful of companies that are approaching a trillion dollars and is that having an effect on the ability of any person who has managed to scrape up $60,000 worth of funding to take a yeah. year off of work and pursue their own business to actually grab a foothold in any industry. Should we be worried about that? Mm. I, I just I just want to quickly interject and say, Andy, that one of the reasons that I love you and love doing this podcast with you is because you understand the appeal of Ferragamo pump. <laughs> so I just wa- really want to appreciate that, first of all. <laughs> 
you know, I, if if I were if I were more elevated, I would say, you know, those are some really really cute shoes. I don't care if they're made for women. If they can make them in a size ten, I would wear them proudly. It's art, okay? Exactly. It's art. Some of the, I, I not that I would wear like shoes like that every single day. They're not practical. Exactly, at all. but there there are some days where like. I've got the I own like this. This is a landmark sort of epic uh, epoch in my life in that I used to have like one pair of sneakers, one pair of shoes that would only wear like weddings and funerals. And not not uh, now that I'm mostly because now I'm I am in my 50s and I my feelings of how I want to present myself and how I like to feel when I get dressed and go out in the world is that. I can no longer be one of those people in like a ten-year-old Wonder Woman T-shirt that's too small and uh, only and a, at and home a, and a demonstration. Only at oh, home. No, at home. At home. Everywhere. <laughs> at home. Anything at home, goes. Anywhere. I just it's 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 actually that's a good point. It's, it's a combination of two things. Where now I think that the, the society gives men a certain number of decades to prove that like they know how to dress like an adult. And you can and you can interpret dressing like an adult however works for you, but you have to prove that okay, yes, 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 he's wearing a t-shirt and a pair of jeans, but he understands how to wear a t-shirt and a pair of jeans in a way that makes you look like you took an effort. You're and a very from- good dresser, Andy. For was I just that that pashmina you're wearing the other day was a fantastic color on you, and I know that we weren't talking about this yes. to begin with, but I just I just have to put that again on the record because I I do appreciate. I appreciate the cultural knowledge of. <laughs> I bought I bought myself a lovely scarf two days before Christmas Eve, because I was in a store buying a gift for my for my goddaughter, uh, and it was just a big, lovely, warm scarf. And I had I had one that was not quite like it, but in the similar sort of vein that I loved to death. Wore for like eight years, and I lost it like two years ago. Oh, I hate it when it. that happens. Yeah, I know. And the thing is, I don't know how to Google. See, I brought it back to Google. I don't know how to Google. I, it was like red, but had kind of like dangly fringe on the ends of it. I think it was wool, but it maybe was like wool and silk. And it looked like a tapestry, but it wasn't embroidered. Per- <laughs> it's like you yeah. want to have the ability to say, <laughs> I mean, th- fortunately, there there are uh, Reddit uh, subreddits that are really useful for this, where it's oh. like what there is actually a subreddit called What Is This Thing? I think it is actually That's called r slash yes, yes. where you put up a – you can – it can be – sometimes it's uh, – uh, I was my, – my, my, my great aunt passed away. We were clearing out to her house and this was in her desk and I have no idea what it is. My, my, my mother thinks that it had something to do with when she worked for Raytheon and someone will say, oh, well, that's actually the top part of – uh, there used to be a pressure vessel that was made in about in the mm. 1960s that uh, if, you, if, if she, I bet she was a chemist because and she, and they will give you a link to, oh, no, this is the top part of this very esoteric thing. And so I probably could like I have a picture of myself in this old thing. But anyway, but what, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is that I have I now have like three or four pairs of shoes that I and one pair that I actually I'm wearing right now because there is comfortable slippers. But yes, if I if I were more uh, evolved as a human being. Uh, I would probably be saying, you know what? I'm going to have a pair of like Ferragamo pumps or really, really cute shoes like that, which I would wear maybe twice a year. But the two times a year I'd wear it, I would be really happy to wear it. So that's that's all I'm saying. See, this is yay, Google. You know, but here's the thing. We're going to get back because you had mentioned earlier about like I Googled that. We're going to actually get back to that particular 
that little statement and how much it permeates our daily lives uh, in the next act, in the second act, in the second act. We have a lot. We have a lot of stuff we're getting through today. But uh, the umbrella category is just everyone think about the fact that Google is a trillion dollar company. Okay. (laughs) Yes. That's that's what we want to settle everybody into. Pretend Andy and I are dressed in our finest. We're not. We're very comfortable right now. God bless us. Uh, <laughs> Soft so. and it's and it's and and I want you to also recognize that it's it is like winter in New England, so there's a lot of flannel, a lot of like soft, cozy, comfortable clothing, and that's and I will say that's the other reason why, like I, I probably give the wrong impression through my Instagram when people say, "Oh wow, he he just so he's just going to like WGBH to like." record like a radio thing and no one's going to see you but you wore a tie and a shirt that actually buttons and you've got the top button you don't a i in late in life i realized that it's possible to buy like shirts that actually fit you and if you if if you feel like the necktie is choking you that means that the neck size is too small so once you buy a shirt that has the right neck size and also i do spend like the uh, this is a thursday this is like a, a, an office day meaning that mm-hmm. Uh, if I leave the house for any reason, it will just be to maybe go across the street to pick up a, a sub that I ordered. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, for f- most of today, I slept in this lovely, cozy sweatshirt. Uh, I have on beautiful, like, f- flannel pajama bottoms on the bottom and thick, thick socks. Uh, and I'm wearing, sh- I'm wearing shoes only because the floor is a little bit cold. So that that is like – and so it's nice when I do go out and I know that I'm going to be with the humans that – Maybe it's like it's kind of fun to actually be really dressed. So I'm just breaking in my nursing clothing. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> or, or and and I have a perpetual heater, space heater attached to me. So uh, if you see me outside, I am wearing significantly less than everybody else is, and because it's winter time in California, which means it's in the low fifties, which for us is like ah winter. <laughs> so and I'm out there like la la la. In my floopy floppies. Man, it's really hot out here. Um, I've actually been freezing out my husband because I've been turning the heat down really low. Also because I'm trying to save us some money. Because apparently babies need to be in a perpetual 73 degree heat. Like yeah. heated room. And so I'm like, oh my God, that's going to be so much money. Anyway, uh, quick gimpy gimpy bush update. Yes. Last week we were number two and three. And this week, we're, I feel like the fact that we keep mentioning it somehow puts us into the search engine. Like, okay, so Gimpy, 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 Gimpy. We're just going to keep saying it. Maybe that'll help our numbers next week. Right now, we're number one. We're number, number one. One. Top four of the list. and top five. Of the pop most. We're top five and in three places for that. Yeah. Um, I. Again, just want to remind everybody, a lot of stuff has been going on in Australia. We talk a lot about Australia on here because one of our former co-hosts is uh, is Australian, is living in Australia, and we, we think about him. Russell, we hope you're safe and okay and, and doing fine. Um, you know, everyone just think of Australia. There's a lot of stuff going on right now in the world outside of our little bubbles and the gimpy gimpy bush. Hopefully, we'll remain around to torture humanity for what we've done to the climate. 
create all of this inferno. That's the way I think about it. Okay. Shall we take a break before I start break. to get more nihilistic? <laughs> Speaking of money to raise the raise the poor swaddling child. The poor swaddling medium child. So I could pay for this heat. <laughs> we'll be back after this. This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing your enterprise's infrastructure, Linode has the pricing, support, and scale you need to take your project to the next level. They have 11 data centers worldwide, including their newest data center in Sydney, Australia. And with their enterprise-grade hardware, S3-compatible storage option, and their next-generation network, Linode delivers the performance you expect at a surprisingly good price. Get started on Linode today with a $20 credit for listeners of this show, and you'll get access to native SSD storage, a 40 gigabit network, and industry-leading processors, nanode plans starting as low as $5, dedicated CPU plans with physical cores reserved just for you, and one-click installs the most popular apps, including WordPress, wow, that could have helped me, LampStack, and game servers for Minecraft and more. So go to Linode.com slash material and use promo code material2020 when creating a new Linode account and get $20 credits towards your next project. Oh, and by the way, Linode is hiring right now. So if that's something that interests you, go to Linode.com slash careers to find out more. The URL for that $20 credit one more time is Linode.com slash material and the promo code is material2020. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Andy, I appreciate that in the notes, I think this was a typo, but when I read it, I read it out loud to my husband is tech crunch. Ah, yes. <laughs> Sorry. That's... T-E-C-H-C-H-R-U-N-C-H. Yeah, but it's just like a tech crunch. Well, I, I thought that with all, with all the links that I put in there, <laughs> like I, I felt as though we needed a red squiggly line underneath something to offset all the blue it breaks things up. Uh, underlines. Breaks things up. So it was yeah. more of an aesthetic thing. I know how to spell yeah. tech crunch, of course. Which I'm going to link you all. I I know. I know you know how. It's okay. I'm not judging. I appreciate it. For me, <laughs> it adds a little bit of uh, don't don't correct it. I I'm see I see anything. the cursor. Okay. I'm not correcting anything. <laughs> Just I'm, leave it. I, if anything, I'm highlighting it. You see, there you go. Okay. I'm, I'm double clicking to select a word and highlight color. Uh, let's see. How about Thank you Google Wave because of that technology we are now able to see real-time results in Google Docs. Uh and I will link you to everything we're about to talk about. So you know what? This is a great segue. Let's see, does, does the HTML blink tag work inside Google Docs? Let's let's make our my shame like into a rainbow banner to fly everywhere. <laughs> Speaking of Rainbow Banner, I get another thing that we're going to be talking about soon. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, anyway, let's get, get, get into the story. So this is yes. uh, off of a story on TechCrunch, but it was it's <laughs> available everywhere. So Google made a change to how it identifies ads within search results. And uh, the word change doesn't seem so doesn't seem sufficient because what they've done is make ads look almost exactly like legitimate search results. They did say, so they made one change for legitimate search results. That is maybe kind of positive in that now, like the, 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 the ad, they incorporate the favicon of the web of the web page uh, inside like that line that has like the actual content. So if you, if it's a New York times link, you'll see the little favicon for the New York times or 
for for uh, for the whatever site it is. And so now, rather than putting like the word advertisement in a big box or changing the color, all you see is that there is a favic a favicon side square that simply says ad, and which has two problems. It not, not only does it make the ads look like legitimate search results. It also makes legitimate search results look like ads. And when I, uh, when I was looking at this a few days ago, um, I was doing so many searches to try to make that ad favicon pop up and it's not popping up, which makes me wonder if, do I have something, did, do, do one of the extensions I've put into Chrome to reduce my like marketing load, uh, disable these ads or do I truly no longer have the ability to see which of these results is an inserted ad and which isn't because I, I was by the end of the test I was doing things like uh, I, I how I, I am I I have no credit history and I'm really gullible and really stupid with money and I'm really eager to buy a car without thinking much of it how like, what are the search results on that Clearly, that's going to surface like three pages of ads, and I can't, I can't make it pop up, and that gets me worried. Even if I were seeing that little ad favicon, I would still be thinking that is way too subtle. I saw this popping up on Twitter, and at first I was like, ah, y'all are complaining about nothing. But then I started to see the screenshots come out, um, and it is – it. It's a very subtle little thing, but I think what's really interesting when we think about Google, I mean, Google does a lot of work in its design paradigm, and this particular design paradigm is not user-friendly, it's ad-friendly, because it gets you to click on the wrong thing. And granted, even if you are looking for... So the example that's featured in the TechCrunch article is a search for Kayak, which is uh, the site where you can search for uh, flights and hotels and things of the nature. So you type in Kayak, the first thing is an ad for the Kayak search engine, and then after that is the actual link to take you to Kayak.com. But... And it doesn't – so both links will take you to the same place. It'll take you to the same – it'll take you to the result that you were looking for. You queried for Kayak. You have two links. But which link you actually use to follow through significantly changes. So it's a choose-your-own-adventure, essentially, in the search engine, right? Because one of them has all these trackers after it. So the ad one is going to take you over. Google's going to, like – get a bunch of money in the bank, um, whatever. It's going it, to ping back to Kayak. Kayak's going to know that you found it through Google. It's going to be like, oh, great, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the last, other somebody who clicks on Google ads willingly. <laughs> We're going to target the hell out of this person. And by the way, sometimes I do click on Google ads willingly because I'm like, yeah, I was looking for that. I guess I'll just click it and like, here you go, guys. Here's some money or whatever. They're still making money, though, if you're clicking on the second Kayak link. I just don't – I wish we had access to that information to know, like, what what the actual technical difference is between clicking one or the other. I think it might boil down to just break, breaking down what those trackers are and defining each of them and seeing, like, what they do because I'm very curious, like, the choose your own – like, what – what are you doing to your life when you choose one link over the other and now – 
you might not have a choice because if you're moving too darn fast, yeah. you're just going to end up clicking on whatever comes up first because you got to you got to go. You have five minutes to grab that classified information off the computer. So. You're just, yeah, you're, you're, you're just here to like get something done. And you just you really do feel minus when you feel mm. as though you're you're tricked into clicking an ad that you would not have ordinarily clicked. Um, like uh, they, they, this is actually this is actually such a known problem that in user interface design lingo, it's known as dark pattern design, where you are intentionally crafting your interface to trick a user into clicking something that they would not otherwise want to click on. They do this like, in magazines too. Yeah. Like when you turn the page and it's like you have to read for the little advertorial, <laughs> yeah. tiny little, yeah. Or like, or, or there, there are times where like you're, uh, <laughs> if, if you, where you hit a website and you get that pop-up that says, uh, th- that that says, uh, uh, you know, do you, we'd like to subscribe to our newsletter for 10% off and blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. And you think that the you th- and the wording is such that there, there's a button that says dismiss and one that says like okay and dismiss is actually <laughs> d- dismiss actually means that you if you'd have to read the text carefully to realize that they're adding you to the subscription list and dismiss is only going to close the window as opposed to deny uh, giving you the option of saying oh I didn't click on okay so dismiss must mean and it's mm-hmm. like you really have to sit back and just go really it's it's like when it's for some for some reason uh, the 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 sort of crimes that offend me almost as much as like the major major crimes are like i uh, i i had a i i had a little like cheap like dollar store like little no garden gnome sort of thing that was i never knew like what to do with it uh, in, inside when I had the old house, the new place, I thought, oh, it wouldn't be fun to just like put it like on the front stoop. Uh, and, and and then, of course, anticipating what human beings are like in like black paint marker on the back. So you couldn't see it unless you picked it up. <laughs> I, I, I'm no, no joke. I wrote down, really, dude, come on, put me back. And it's like so and so and of course, it got stolen. Fortunately, it took like five or six months for it to get stolen. But that's the sort of thing that's like it, it almost annoys me like. This is not going to this was not like a valuable thing. It was just a cheap little tchotchke sort of thing. It was but it was clearly there to decorate like the steps of this building. And it's like, "Really, dude? Like it's your life is so like marginal that this is going to put this into the wind column for the day for you. The fact that you stole this you've, you you stole this item that clearly was belonged to somebody else but was not it's 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 just that you have the option of like not doing the stupid cheap thing, like if, if I if I left if I left five thousand dollars in cash outside, okay, there you go. I get that that's that's definitely on me. If you hack, if you hack, <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you if you uh, did this really complicated hack to like to divert money into an account, I'm going to say okay, naughty naughty. You're definitely going to jail because that's that's a that's a felony. But at least you put in some effort and you were preaching. Right. Not like, you know, really. There's like there was a there's there's a napkin dispenser like at the at the Dunkin' Donuts, and you decided to just reach in and grab all the napkins and all the sugars and put them in your uh, put them in your backpack. It's like really do you, do you know how little napkins cost? 
That, this is why they give them away for free. That's how little they cost. And now you've denied an hour or two's worth of patrons access to napkins. So that's that's what I feel like when I see cheap things like this to trick me into clicking on an ad that like I would not have clicked on otherwise. And this is mm-hmm. and this is the reason why to put to use your example when mm-hmm. I do see a, a search result that says I I really want to see uh, I'm. Uh, I, I want to look up on Amazon like how much this thing costs, and if, if search result number one is an ad from Amazon that links me to that product, and the second thing is a legitimate search result, I will click on just to be churlish, just to make sure that you know, send the message that I can't be controlled by the man. I will click on the non-advertised link, even though it sends me the same place. Yeah, and that's why, oi, oi, um. Why why does everything in human endeavor have to be some sort of challenge for dominance and supremacy that if I don't get one over on you in some way shape or form I feel like I, you have stolen from me it's I don't get it uh, our life uh, uh is that a good segue into talking about the regulation of artificial intelligence? Because that yeah. was another little news bit that was showing up uh, alongside the Google's now a trillion dollar company headline. <laughs> yeah, it was. And this was an interesting headline. So uh, Sundar Pichai was talking to uh, a Brussels based uh, think tank uh, and uh, talking about the uh, – Future regulations on uh, limiting on limiting the uh, production of artificial intelligence products, and the headline was, from the Associated Press was "Google CEO calls for regulation of artificial intelligence," but not really quite so much. He wasn't saying, right. uh, you know, it it sounds as though the EU is doing nothing to regulate one of our core businesses for the future, and I think that I'm looking forward to as much regulation. No, he was, of course, trying to say that he he knew that the EU and others uh, are recognizing the importance <laughs> of making sure that the artificial intelligence products that have limits on their power and their influence uh, on what just like you. Uh, the making sure that uh, people aren't denied health coverage because of a really, really bad artificial intelligence algorithm preloaded with biases mm-hmm. that uh, is telling uh, an insurance company that this person is a bad risk. Uh, so he, uh, he did quote, uh, quote, like a quote, there is no question in my mind that artificial intelligence needs to be regulated. The question is how best to approach this. And so he's basically saying that I hope to influence whatever these laws are going to be so that they don't they don't forestall us having a presence in China, let's say, uh, selling artificial intelligence software and products. Uh, this was uh, harder to find was uh, he actually contributed a bylined piece in the Financial Times that went out uh, about mm-hmm. the same day. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And a couple of quotes here. Regulation can provide broad guidance while allowing for tailored implementation in different sectors. For some AI uses, such as regulated medical devices, including AI-assisted heart monitors, existing frameworks are good starting points. For newer areas, such as self-driving vehicles, governments will need to establish appropriate new rules that consider all relevant costs and benefits. Google's role starts with recognizing the need for a principle and regulated. See, guys? 
ladies. I said regulated. I'm not afraid of this. Let's work together <laughs> to applying AI. Uh, I, that was an ad lib there that I inserted. He didn't actually say, hey there, ladies. That was an editorial. Exactly. I put some I put my own spin on it. It was a it was a, again, it was an improv. It was a I, I decided a yes and uh, that statement. <clears throat> but it doesn't end there. We want to be a helpful and engaged partner to regulators. Oh, <laughs> meaning that, hi, please don't pass any regulations until you spend a week on our yacht <laughs> and allow us to give you some slides and a few like Seamaster watches appropriate to your station in the government. Uh, <laughs> as they grapple with the inevitable tensions and trade-offs, we offer our expertise, experience, kickbacks, free Wi-Fi, et cetera, and tools Again, I'm that was sorry. also an editorial. I, I, I should probably <laughs> anyway. And tools as we navigate these issues together. And it was it was a weird piece because uh. um, obviously it was it was it was trying to send that message, but most of it was just outlining how awesome they are in artificial intelligence and what a great force for good. Not just artificial intelligences, but. How, what Google is like, hey, we've just uh, f- completed this wonderful medical trial and, hey, we're using artificial intelligence to do – it was really like a brochure for uh, Google's artificial it – was, it, was it was mostly a flex and the rest of it was just a little parenthetical. Hey, please don't regulate us before we get a chance to teach you all about artificial intelligence and the reasons mm-hmm. – the, the areas that make us money, you see. Regulate the stuff that we don't make any money off of, but there's some money-associated parts of AI that we very much like to continue to be able to do what the hell we want. What, uh, they did they, – and he was also pointing out that because – to show that we're responsible, of course, we have Google AI guidelines and that, that those were released le- – sorry, 2018, I think – uh, and for those of you who are, don't have not didn't learn the kindergarten rhyme, be socially beneficial, avoid creating or reinforcing unfair bias, be built and tested for safety, be accountable to people, incorporate privacy design principles, uphold high standards of scientific excellence, and be made available for uses that accord with these principles. E I E I O. I think you call it, Andy. Yeah. I thank you for thank you for for call it for just diving in and doing all of the editorial uh, side noting. It definitely when I saw those headlines come into my Google News feed because that's how I get my news. Um, mm-hmm. I actually started getting my news towards another app as well, which I'll talk about at another time. But I, I definitely thought about that. Like, okay. We, you have to bring it up. It's like bringing up the elephant in the room. It's like when you go to a party and you and a friend are kind of fighting, and but it's another friend's party, but you just kind of want to bring up the fact that you two are fighting to because you think it's going to tide over the room and just kind of like get it out there. But what it actually does is make people kind of uncomfortable around you because you're like, they're like, really? Are we really doing this right now? Like, okay, thanks for that. Actually, made it really uncomfortable. We would have been better off just ignoring it. Uh, which maybe is how I feel as a user, but maybe that's not a good thing, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, I do think that Andy brings up a good point by the fact that this is being done in the EU and because this is being done in Brussels, where the EU is headquartered and Google was hit by that pretty darn big fine and we don't want google to be hit by well google doesn't want to be hit with more fines even though they have a trillion dollars um you don't want to chip away at that trillion dollars by being fined and to to be fair if i had a trillion dollars i would park wherever the hell i want 
Go ahead. Tow my car. I'll buy another one. By the way, Steve Jobs did just that when he was alive. Um, <laughs> anybody is curious. He apparently was very known for not giving a crap where he parked his car. He didn't even have license uh, plates on his car because. No, he didn't. And he's like, I could afford I can afford the parking tickets. Go ahead. Just keep like. Anyway, I'll just I'll just lease it to myself, and because there's a loophole that says that you have six months to lease to put plates on a leased car, I will just keep releasing it to exactly. myself every five and a half months. Exactly. This is serially a known thing, by the way. Google yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. This is not editorializing. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is no. That's totally. This is totally a known thing. The Steve Jobs thing. Anyway, uh, you know, I we're gonna hear. Just wait until Google I/O this spring. This is gonna be printed somewhere. You know, you know, like those live, laugh, love uh, <laughs> posters. Eat, eat, pray, and, like, love. What is what is the Google equivalent AI equivalent of eat, pray, love? Uh, right. Uh, Surveil, <laughs> analyze, monetize. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be like that, but in you know, in the farmhouse aesthetic, right? You and you know, it's gonna Julia be all Roberts like rustic. Julia Roberts instead of Sundar Pichai giving the yeah. <laughs> oh, just that. Who wants to start taking bets that we're going to have a celebrity? <laughs> no, not at Google I.O. That's 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 not it's not characteristic. That would be I think that would be a huge faux pas, actually, if they brought out a celebrity. Uh, but anyway, this is, you know, hopefully um, I don't know. Uh, here's a book that I think people should read as we're talking about A.I. Uh, there's a book called Algorithms of Oppression. It. I forget who writes it. I have to Google it, but uh, it's a really, it's like the big Google it. It's a, it's a really good article, a uh, book just about like the way that search engines are uh, formatted by people. And I think it's just important to consider this sort of little press tour that's being done in the EU for yeah. Google's AI efforts and kind of go compare that to like what's really happening internally. And let's just Let's just keep watching it, okay? Let's we're the watchdogs, you know, and as the users, we're also the watchdogs. So let's just keep watching it and making sure that, you know, that socially beneficial part, you know, the being accountable to people, being tested for safety. Let's make sure that that is including everybody, not just the bottom line of let's miss some money. Yeah, that, that that is a great book uh, by Dr. Sophia Noble uh, from Thank you. Uh, New York I, University Press. Her name escaped I did, me. Came out came out in 2018, and I read it like in early 2019. Uh, yeah. The subtitle of it is "How Search Engines Reinforce Racism," uh, and this is <laughs> the the cover of it just tells the whole story. Just the autocomplete: Why are black women so? And all the autocompletes are angry, loud, mean, attractive, lazy, yes. annoying, confident, sassy, insecure. Uh, and it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's uh, it shows us how important it is to make sure that these technologies that we are willfully counting on and inserting as a yes. fundamental part of how society functions, we have to know how they work and what it, what it's teaching us without knowing uh, that we are being taught. <laughs> it's be, we're being in, how how we're being influenced without realizing that we are being influenced. Um, and it is, a, and just before we go on to the uh, to our next ad, our next act, it is an interesting time because uh, as there were, there are going to be positives and negatives to every technology, and right now we're really, really finally focusing on a lot of the negatives that technology is foistering on our society, particularly on yeah. the power of discourse. 
but the reason why we have all these wonderful, high of, highly evolved technologies is because in the 90s, uh, particularly in the United States, there was a very much a willful hands-off regulatory policy where there was yeah. not just – they weren't simply ignored to the credit of uh, – and again, I'm speaking only of the United States – uh, to the credit of lawmakers at the time, they recognized that or they were compelled uh, by good arguments that we don't know – we don't have the ability to understand what the problems are going to – we understand the problems of tainted beef and we know how we can pass regulations <laughs> right, to keep people right. safe from tainted beef. We do not understand this thing about uh, and a standard for transmitting packets of informations across two arbitrary computers across a widespread network. We don't even understand. We were barely able to enunciate that line that we were fed on this index card. So we are explicitly going to let you go wherever you want to go with these technologies. And now we see a need to start regulating these things. And it is in this environment that we have the next groundbreaking new technology, artificial intelligence. And the so not only are lawmakers now a lot more savvy about technology, they're also a lot more aware of what unfettered technology can mm -hmm. do to society and how it can create nation state scale corporations that are very, very hard to control and regulate. So the, 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 the question in my mind becomes there is obviously a need to make sure that we don't create a new form of institutional racism and institutional bias because of artificial intelligence systems. But it's also important that we don't make it impossible for uh, a medical trial to take place to say, what if we were to take a look at 500,000 case studies in which there are family history of this disease and see what processing this data uh, will, will, will tell us to, we'll, 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 what it will point us to to say we now we need to do some clinical tests to look for markers in the real in the real space to, to to make things pay off because if we were that hesitant about letting the web flourish we would still be subscribing to CompuServe at twenty dollars per minute <laughs> and uh, 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 and we yes. would still be having companies like Sony uh, suing anybody for making a copy of anything anywhere so. Uh, there's a lot. Hmm, there's a lot yeah. to navigate here. There is, which is why we always encourage you to do your own homework. Yes. So we can talk about because this will be on the test next week. <laughs> open book. Right. Yeah. Always open As book, always. guys. We're not. Yeah. We're, we're not even going to pretend that we can prevent you from googling things on your little beep boops and your yeah your electric earrings and whatever the hell it is that you kids are using. Today, mm -hmm. uh, add time. Add time. This episode of Material is brought to you by Booz Allen. Modernizing for the future is a challenge, especially for large organizations. You may need to integrate legacy systems with new technology. You may need to incorporate AI and analytics to work more efficiently and make fast decisions. And everyone needs new ways of thinking to move to what's next, whether for government or commercial goals. Booz Allen understands, and they're helping some of the world's largest organizations modernize. They understand the missions of government and industry and the need to adapt to constant change. 
They provide open source solutions so clients can integrate innovation from anywhere, whether from visionary startups or major contractors. Plus, they're helping clients power new technologies with analytics. And because security is everyone's priority, they integrate their capabilities with intelligence-grade cybersecurity. With Booz Allen, integration means putting you in control of innovation. Integrate, innovate, get it done with Booz Allen. Learn more at boozallen.com slash relay. That's boozallen.com slash relay. We'd like to thank Booz Allen for their support of this show. So this piece was in one zero, mediums one zero, um, which is a publication that I sometimes freelance for. Uh, it was written by uh, Jumana Abu Ghazale, and I hope I didn't butcher her name too much. Uh, and the article is called Why Google Gets Away With So Much. Uh, it's time to stop letting ourselves be the, quote, abandoned carcass, unquote, of our data. And I was reading this, kind of going through it. Again, I had initially read it last week, but again, I haven't been sleeping and so it feels like it was months ago. Uh, then I tried reading it today, just kind of over my lunch. And there, she makes a really good point about the fact that because Google doesn't have a human face and because Andy and I on this podcast often tell you to Google it or we tell <laughs> you like, you know, why don't you just like Googling that is a verb. Like it's just become this part of our vernacular that we don't even think about it. And it's not even just in the English language. It's a worldwide, humanity-wide phenomenon that the search engine has just become a – the it's become a staple of living akin to breathing and sleeping. And I know that sounds like hyperbole to some, and they're like, Flo, you are taking this way too far, but – the case is made in this article is the fact that a lot of public-facing tech companies, they put forward a person, right? So we have Amazon has Bezos, which is why we can make all these jokes about like Bezos bucks and things like that. Sorry, that's an internal in my house joke. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, Facebook has Mark Zuckerberg. So anything, some anytime something goes wrong, people are like, oh, then Mark Zuckerberg, he's just messing everything up. Uh, you know, Apple had Steve Jobs and now has Tim Cook, or as some people refer to him as Tim Apple, because of because even the fact that <sighs> President Trump, which I hate to say out loud, uh, may you know said a thing about him, like he used that to his advantage, and so those are all people that you associate with companies. But when it comes to Google, you don't necessarily associate, let's say, Sundar Pichai. At this point, like Andy and I talk about it. Us, you know, folks in the press and in PR, we talk about it because we we live this world, live and breathe this world. But like, if I bring up Sundar Pichai to uh, to a person who's not reading the tech column every day, you know, in their newsfeed, they might just be like, "Wait, who's that again?" You know, and even Larry. Uh, Larry Page and Sergey Brin, like, yeah, they were the faces of Google for so long before they stepped down. But even still, like, unless you were a, you know, Wired magazine reading kind of like techie sort of person, like you weren't really what you knew about Google was the fact that this is a thing that you rely on to get information. And uh, and I just thought it was an interesting, I mean, the headline why Google gets away with so much is because of the fact that like this has become a utility in our life. 
<laughs> that were like, well, yeah, they're doing all of this stuff, but think about like what we're getting in return versus Facebook, which is like, yeah, Facebook's doing all of this stuff and it's kind of bad because it's just a social network. You know what I mean? Versus like, well, Google's doing all this stuff, but it's a search engine. And because of that, like, I mean, I even was thinking about this from my perspective, how much I rely on this darn thing just to like find, just to do my job as a journalist. I mean, it makes my job a lot faster. That's why I'm able, that's why journalists are able to do the job as fast as we do now is because we have this giant indexer of every, every bit of information that isn't behind a, you know, Freedom of Information Act gate, but we can like get this information at the drop of a hat with it. It's, it's an interesting study in the psychology of Google and why we let it get away with things like the James Damore uh, manifesto that was written or the fact that like Andy Rubin and um, what's his face we talked about last week. <laughs> Sorry, I realize I should know his name, but again, pregnancy brain, I'm tired. Forgive me. <laughs> Just go look at our episode last week. Um, the fact that they got they made so much money in these companies, but they did so many bad things to employees like they made a safe unsafe work environment uh one of the most i think interesting subheads in the column is when you have no human face you have no human flaws and i think that really relates to the conversation that we've been having in the last couple years about like corporations and distinguishing them as like they are not you know corporations aren't people but i think when we think about google like we lump it all into one some and even sometimes like we do that on this podcast where we're like now remember Google's not just what this one person it's like a whole bunch of people uh well we maybe need to start David Drummond by the way was his name the guy who still made up with like 300 whatever close to a billion even though he didn't get a payout anyway uh it's a great article that you should read i think it's just i think it's uh, we're gonna put in the show notes give yourself some time to kind of go over it and think about uh what the author is saying you know about google and the role it plays in our lives and why we're kind of we're kind of like yeah well google did that but you know it was was a very interesting thought-provoking article Um, yeah i wasn't familiar with uh, Jumana Abu Ghazaleh's uh, work beforehand. She uh, apparently she spent about twenty years in corporate communications before starting her own company that was focused on so she knows <laughs> promoting empathy within work groups. Uh, yeah, interpersonal uh, dynamics within work groups. I, I believe that it's a consulting firm that is mm-hmm. hired by companies to look at here is here is how the dynamics of your workforce uh, are is uh, beyond getting simple numbers for productivity well are you looking at how well they're working together what the corporate environment is what the workplace environment is um, and so she's uh, obviously someone with a lot of uh, a lot of great observations uh, and it is something that I hadn't thought about before um, we talked uh, a, a while ago about the difference between how uh, one of the things that sets the Google Assistant apart is that it does not have like a human name. Uh, mm. Most significantly, they mm-hmm. decided – I think one of the most positive things about that choice is that they did not decide to give it a female name, which in itself is one of those things where, okay, so you have an assistant that 24-7 exists at your beck and call and only wakes up to do things that you ask of it. Do you see a problem with – 
not having not having the user being able to choose a gender for this assistant uh, and that those the there's another example of those little things where we don't know how simple choices in technology might be affecting uh how society works um one thing that did a, uh, i found myself thinking a lot after it um i not i'm not sure that i 100% agree with her argument because another way of looking at it is I that I agree with you, by the way. Yeah, no, it's again. That's, that's why I say thought provoking. Uh, yeah. If, if I thought if I thought she were wrong or off base, I'd say, oh god, she's wrong or off base. I, yeah, but, but I I didn't. That's part 100% of, agree yeah. with it either. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, partly partly because I think it's healthier that we see where our interface with Google is. There is no human interface with Google. We identify Google mm-hmm. as a huge corporation, not as Tim Cook, who can make people forget about certain bad and or questionable policy decisions she's he's been making because he has the ability to tweet out hey we have let's support everybody on this day and blah 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 and hey wasn't it great that i was here saying hello to it's again i don't think those are bad things but it it's if there's one thing as as a uh, as a very happy mostly apple user since uh, since i was in the teens mm-hmm. my teens uh one of the biggest problems with Apple is that a lot of its users think that they have a personal relationship, a friendship with mm-hmm. the corporation. And this, it is a corporation uh, and they're going to do good things and bad things. And just like you kind of will let a good friend or a, a particularly well-loved relative slide on certain mm-hmm. things because, uh, like, okay, you know, that was a really boorish thing for them to say. But, you know, this is the, this is the same person who came to every one of my hockey games. This is the person that – you know, gave uh, gave my cousin a place to stay when they got kicked out of their house. Like, this is not Apple. Apple did not do any of those things for you. So when they have problems, they have, when they have problematic relationships with large countries that they want to do great business in, you still have to hold them responsible for that. Uh, so, uh, and um, I think that, uh, and, and also having a public face for Facebook hasn't really helped Facebook get away with anything. <laughs> If anything, no. I mean, he is he is that CEO kind of kind of like uh, uh, they make fun like, of him on Silicon Valley. Yeah, but 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 he's kind of like Elon Musk, where it's like, oh God, would you? Oh, why did? Oh God, he's on a podcast. Oh God, no, don't don't take a puff. Oh God, he's smoking the joint. Okay, let's. Okay, you know. So it's but the I think that it's it's a. It's an evolutionary adaptation for these companies to try to get you to forget that they're a trillion-dollar company with an immense amount of power, not only in their relative industries but in human lives, and try to think of them as the fun, the fun, the fun CEO who is at the at the hockey game, absolutely, and, boy, and cheering on the local team. It's like absolutely. that's nice, but this is why you should have a personal account and then a corporate account. Because I don't really care about you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you had a great time at the hockey game. I have great times at hockey games too. But that's not something that's going to come into play when I find out about, you know, making donations to <laughs> – lobbying uh, lobbying Congress to pass uh, anti-consumer legislation that will benefit mm-hmm. your businesses. Um, I At the same time, I was looking at uh, Jillian D'Onofrio, uh, who's a staff writer at Forbes, mm-hmm. uh, had a piece kind of cooking into what you were saying about uh, – uh, David Drummond, chief legal officer of Google, finally being pushed out after a note. Uh, if if uh, the Google protesters were better at paper mache, 
he would be one of the effigies that gets uh, like made yes, big giant yes, puppets yes. of in the protest marches uh, because he is emblematic of old guard uh, Google employees that have been allowed to get away with immensely troubling behavior inside the office. So uh, Jillian Gianofrio was is making the uh, suggestion that uh, the, the, the title of the piece is With Google's Old Guard Gone, CEO Sundar Pichai Has a Chance to Reset Culture, uh, which is another piece that I agreed with a lot of it. I'm skeptical, I'm skeptical about some of it. But she's noting that uh, now with – the now with Google's founders formally stepping back instead of just simply uh, in in practice stepping back, and all of these bad notoriously bad actors who have been with the company for twenty years being forced out, uh, sometimes gently, sometimes with a hard shove. Uh, Sundar Pichai has the ability to hopefully uh, create a brand new culture. If these were if these people were influential vectors of bad behavior at Google uh, contributing to an environment where bad people think that they can keep to keep getting away with things and good people continue to think that there's no point in even fighting because the deck is stacked against them. Uh, hopefully that's true. We forget that uh, Sundar Pichai has, he's not necessarily part of the old guard, but he's, he'd be a sophomore or maybe a junior in this high school so and he's been running Google before he was running Alphabet. So he certainly knew all about the five big name people that have been kicked out of Google. Uh, and hopefully, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Hopefully, he was. Excuse me. One one would wish wistfully hope that he was one of the uh, primary movers behind. We got to get this person out. We don't. I don't care if I don't care if Andy Rubin does demand ninety million dollars. We just got to get him out. Hopefully that is part of why all these big name people have been pushed out over the past five or six years, but we just don't know. But That's, there's yeah. always, there's always an opportunity to send a clear message that whatever there's you, there is, I'm, I'm planting, I'm planting a flag, drawing a line right here that this line represents where the old ways were tolerated and sometimes even praised and where we're not get we're not doing that anymore. We're not going to let you get away with that anymore. The hammer is coming down because, in case you haven't read, we've got a trillion dollars. We can we can do without you. We will we will maybe suffer for about four four to six weeks until all of the people who you've been holding back with your boorish behavior step in to fill the void. Uh, but so we we have to hope. It's an it's an interesting thing to consider. Yeah, I think that's the. Um... I think that's something that we keep saying on this podcast. Yeah. You know, is uh, yeah, that's that's my hope for 2020. Yeah, again, we have we, <laughs> but, we have to be realistic, but uh, nothing changes if we insist that nothing possibly yeah. can change. And so. we and we were rea- we were realistic at the beginning of this podcast when we were talking about like why Sundar Pichai is going to Brussels and like mm. talking about here's our AI like trajectory going forward because again there's still a business that needs to be run but parting of part of running that business is ensuring that um they're the bad actors that are making things look bad uh are tossed out so it's uh it's gonna be 2020 is gonna be an interesting year for this because it's been boiling and bubbling over for the last couple years uh and now that sudar pachai is officially like taken over um the Google duties, I think it'll be interesting to see how it evolves specifically under his care. Yeah. I, I do hope that Google uh, changes its culture and 
if and when that happens, they will not primarily have Sundar Pichai to thank, but all of the current and former Google employees who mm-hmm. spoke out and made their stories known and made it made it uh, a persistent problem for the uh, uh, of uh, public awareness for them. Uh, just like Apple still has the stigma of Foxconn employees jumping off of roofs because they've been forced to make quotas that are, are stressing them out. Uh, you do have to keep that pressure and maintain that pressure because maybe they maybe they're guilty, maybe they're not guilty, but they're not human beings. They are corporations, and they will they they have to be made to measure to make sure that mm-hmm. even if they're being completely above board, they also have a responsibility to make sure that we know that they're being above board. In uh, yeah. a related thing, uh, we've been talking about uh, a mm-hmm. lot of people who organized San Francisco Pride. Uh, which is a 326-member organization that organizes the uh, Pride Parade in San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, noting that uh, why are we allowing uh, Google and Alphabet and YouTube to march in their parade when their products do so much to set back the causes of yep. non of, of, of diminishing the amount of hate that's out there. Um, well, uh, their group had a uh, meet, uh, monthly meeting recently, and they voted. Uh, they voted to uh, uh, pass an amendment banning Google and YouTube from the Pride Parade. Uh, these are, by the way, this group, uh, they're vetted through an application process. They agree to pay annual dues, uh, and that allows them to participate in the nomination selection of grand marshals, choo- mm-hmm. choose the theme of the parade, mm-hmm. eventually mm-hmm. vote on the board members who have, I think, corporate uh, ability to make the big sweeping. So these aren't just like – Open doors meeting anybody who has an interest in the parade, come on in and take a vote. These are this is, this is sort of like the, the the House of Representatives, only probably I'm guessing a lot more diverse than the United States mm-hmm, House of Representatives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so uh, and the a lot of this was driven by, of course, former former Google engineers who are SF Pride members, Lawrence Burland and Tyler Breischager. I have a quote uh, released uh, from the both of them. Uh, quote, many people have been committed to pushing SF Pride to do better. As more and more people get involved, we can move closer and closer to a Pride celebration that celebrates our LGBTQ community rather than serving as mainly a rainbow-colored party for corporations. That is right. such an important line, right? Because right. it's so easy to make uh, make a hundred t shirts <sighs> and give a whole bunch of employees uh, the, the permission to to fly the company colors and make them a nice banner and everything. So true. That's so easy and so inexpensive. And boy, does that look good on the website. And boy, aren't you happy when all those pictures turn up on Instagram uh, and make people feel good about your company? It's another thing to make sure. That if somebody is if 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 uh, same sex partners are are adopting a child, that they get the same ability to take time off to uh, with their new infant as uh, as uh, any other new parents would, and other basic systems of equality that everybody else counts on. To say nothing of you have to do more to control hate speech on YouTube than simply write a stern letter and. Tell somebody with 10 million uh, subscribers that, they're, you know what, we're going to demonetize you for a week, sir, and there's more to that, that coming. It's, it's, it is a problem. It's so, uh, it's so easy to, again, put a float in a parade and to write a check to support an event. Uh, that's easy. That's an easy decision. Uh, it's hard to make the tough to, excuse me to the, make what is not morally a tough choice, but what is a tough 
piece of self-realization about the damage that your company can do and to be willing to take those, take those bruises and take those hits to make change happen. I just want to say it always felt kind of, <laughs> so I marched in pride a couple of years uh, in a row, like way back in, in the, uh, two thousands and I mean, we were still in the two thousands, but you know what I mean? Uh, back in the day. And I always marched with the churches and the churches always marched last because we were the smallest, like we didn't have really floats or anything. It was mostly just like people all wearing the same shirt color and like carrying a banner. And we were there out of solidarity and we were there, super excited to be able to show up uh, for to be able to show up for folks and show them that like, you know, we are with you in solidarity and as fun as pride is, I appreciate there's kind of a bit of a crackdown on this because it did feel very much like a, you know, it was kind. Of, it kind of sucked to be at the trailing end. It's like, hey, like we really love you and everything, and then like to, but to be preceded by all these like giant corporations that had like stickers and you know like giant floats and like matching sh- t-shirts, and it was like, it was like Facebook, Google, like all these corporations, and we're just like, yay, Jesus loves everyone. <laughs> it's just very like, yeah. And I remember so just feeling just like, yeah, anyway. It yeah. Was, it's just well, it, it also underscores like an ongoing problem that um, it's not it's not just a big, colorful, wonderful city parade that everybody gets to go out it, and It is. And it is a big, colorful, wonderful well, I mean, city it, parade. It, it is, but I'm saying that a lot of – No, I know. I know there, I there was just a lot of people that don't understand that, you know, this is – meant to commemorate the Stonewall riots yep. and people who are routinely being incarcerated and killed for who they are. And the pride parades, imagine, imagine taking part in a pride parade in the seventies. Okay. When you, it is culturally in the United States and everywhere and seems like everywhere else you're being told that you are a pervert. You are a danger to our right, society. Right, right. Imagine the courage that it took to say, guess what? I'm going to march right in the middle of main street. Here I am. Yep, if you want to yep. attack somebody here, I am go for it. Uh, and so it's, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad to see while enjoying, uh, such a uh, such a fun and wonderful event there is an understanding that there is a meaning and is significant behind it it's not just hey well i'm going to jump in i want to be part of the fun too i'm going to jump in onto onto the pride parade particularly i want to this is a lot boy a lot of people watching this pride parade let's make sure that we get our brand out there um i feel i mean and i feel the same way uh, about memorial day where it's like no this this really sh- this isn't a day of celebration and this isn't a day of this is a day when we remember not just people who served but people who were killed and the people who the loved ones who were left behind if those people were killed and mm-hmm. again i'm i'm glad that there's i'm glad that you're having a good 3 day weekend i'm not saying that you should be dressed in black and be in a state of mourning for 3 days but this should not be the meaning of this should not be hey colorful parade let's watch the air show and let's have a wonderful 3 day weekend it's let us remember that there's a reason why we get to do a podcast in yes. which we say whatever we want uh, and you know, and sometimes be flippant uh, about the state of the world. And that's because of people who are no longer here to do podcasts. 
uh, exactly. and people my age and your age and younger people's age. Um, one more ad, and then we can wrap up. We yeah. got some, something that I'm really excited about in Act Three, though. Yes. This episode of Material is brought to you by Health IQ. At some point in the last couple of years, you've probably created or maintained a healthy habit, whether that's getting enough sleep, working out, or just trying to eat the right foods. Gosh, I feel like I'm being called out right now. If you live a healthy lifestyle, you could be rewarded for your hard work with more affordable life insurance rates, and you could save up to 41%. Just take the Health IQ quiz, and then they'll walk you through the entire process of applying. The policy is underwritten by one of their top insurance partners, and there will be a real person at the end of the phone who you can chat with. The savings are exclusive to Health IQ, so you won't find them anywhere else. But you do have to qualify to get that special rate. You know, I remember working out quite a bit uh, to make sure that my health was top tier. And, you know, I think my health still is top tier, but it's nice to know that I could have a company like Health IQ behind me just, just in case I fall off the wagon again. To see if you qualify, go to healthiq.com slash material to take the proprietary Health IQ quiz. Depending upon your score, as well as other related qualifying factors, you can save up to 41% on your life insurance premiums compared to other providers. Again, that's healthiq.com slash material to let them know we sent you and start the process with the Health IQ quiz. There's no commitment, and you'll learn even more about potential opportunities to be rewarded for your commitment to living healthy. One more time, that's healthiq.com slash material. Our thanks to Health IQ for their support of material and all of Relay FM. All right. Let's let's talk about duo. But let's talk about duo. Not the baby. video. <laughs> yes, we have some new news about uh, the Microsoft Duo, which is, as you might remember, Microsoft's new plans for, in 2020 for two screen devices. We're not talking about folding devices where you have one screen that folds in half. We're talking about two LCD panels or LED panels with a hinge in the middle of them, which is gets more exciting the more I see actual practical explanations of how they intend mm-hmm. for it to work, including this week. Uh, Microsoft released uh, developer tools and guidelines and a software emulator uh, for this fall's uh, Duo de- uh, Microsoft Duo device, which will be running Android. They're having one device that runs mm-hmm. uh, Windows, one that is Android-based. Uh, and uh, 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 Zach Bowden, uh, who is a UI designer created a video of the emulator to, to, so people can actually practically see how a lot of these demo apps are going to work. Um, then Jonas Dinart, uh, Dinart, sorry, uh, went one better, took his video and overlaid them over like a press photo of just like the actual duo device unfolded. So you actually see things moving from one screen to another. And I have to say that this video is pretty mouthwatering. Uh, it's, the uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, that the, the worry... I can't play it right now because it'll crash Skype. But oh. keep, but please, <laughs> it really see the the thing is like it's 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 one it's one thing to say oh well it's two screens with a hinge in the middle and it's easy to imagine oh great so maybe there'll be a version of the Kindle app and I bet I can have like. Uh, be using uh, Microsoft Outlook or something and have like a, a list of inbox items on the left screen. Then when I tap on one, I can actually zoom. I can actually see the full view of the email on the right screen. But the way that uh, it, the way that you're interacting with it, the way that things move from one screen to another, it really looks like a very practical and very usable device. And uh, where 
it's really essential because any any one of us is who is a fan of Android has been like, why can't they figure out how to get developers to write good full screen apps? I love my I love my Chromebook, mm. but and I thought that before I was before I like got my first one, I thought that I'd mostly be oh right, it runs Android, so I guess I'll be running I'll be using it like an iPad. Well, I'll be running like Android based local apps and maybe some stuff in the browser. But the thing is, the the inter the, the full screen interfaces for Android apps are so bad that I I do have Microsoft Outlook, the Android app, on my Chromebook, but I always get my mail through the web app because it's so much better. So the worry is that if we pres- if uh, Google presents its uh, developers with here is a wonderful plan for doing like a, a multi uh, apps that span multiple screens, developers will once again say we don't care, we just want to make phone apps because that's where all the money is. Right. So on a basic level, so that th- one of the things that these videos really explain uh, and makes you feel good about is that even if you have an Android app that hasn't been optimized in any way, shape, or form, the simple ability to have one uh, one app on on the left hand page, a different app on the right hand page. Each one thinking that's just running on uh, a standard, like albeit maybe weird aspect ratio phone. That in itself works really well. And the way that they've got Andro- the Android operating system and its gestures uh, allowing you to navigate between those two screens and applications running on those two screens is really really good. And then you move one step ahead of that, where obviously Microsoft has already updated the its Microsoft apps uh, mm-hmm. to that they will work well inside this emu- emulator. And you do get to see uh, a duo optimized version of Outlook working and a, a duo version of certain Office apps working. And I can really see myself. Uh, when I don't, when I don't get the 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 one row of seats on the commuter train that has a little table, if I I feel that I can actually get an hour's worth of work done sitting in just like a normal bench seat, because just having this little book open in front of me and being able to actually get product productive work done, it seems like a really good way uh, to leverage two screens separated by a hinge without thinking that you're running two separate Android phones that have absolutely nothing to do with each other. Uh, there's the, the idea of a screen that folds and unfolds uh, like a single screen without a hinge that certainly seems like an attractive sort of idea but it's going to be a while before you can get a flexible screen on any device that costs less than $1,500 and it's always going to be extra bulk it's always going to be extra complicated and in the end it might not be necessary for to to create a brand new form factor, so it it really is a, a good sign that maybe this could be actually good. Um, Microsoft gives examples of suggested app layouts. Uh, one is extended canvas, meaning treat both of those screens like it's one screen. Okay. Left hand screen is the master. Uh, the other one is a detail uh, two page layout, uh, dual view, meaning you have to get the same content but you're getting different views of it, uh, and companion page. Which they're they're uh, they're not locked in stone as to what these things mean, but things like companion page would mean something like you've got um, if you're editing a photo on the uh, on the right hand page, you've got like all your tools on the left hand page, or you can have uh, a movie playing, but details about the movie on another uh, on another screen. I if all this is a great amount of potential. But hopefully – the thing is it will never work unless developers get on board and they can get – if they don't – I can't imagine the, the rock and roll tour buses full of swag 
that Google is pulling up in front of Amazon saying, please, please do a two-page duo version of the Kindle Reader because if you if you just allow us to have an app that allows you to read a book like a left-hand page, right-hand page yeah. book, that will be at least thir- that will at least buy us enough time to arm wrestle the rest of the developers into doing something. Name your price. We will we will buy the first 100 seats on your bogus like Mars tourism mission. We swear, just please get a couple of interns to write a Kindle app that works with our our product. Yeah. I I was actually just thinking about that like two nights ago because I've been I've been reading a lot of parenting books, you know, in preparation <laughs> for my journey. Uh, in case anybody's wondering, I'm currently reading a book called Octung Baby, not the YouTube <laughs> album, uh, but it's about raising your baby in the Berliner way. Uh, it's called Free Range Parenting. Everybody in unison rolled their eyes at me. I'm, gla- I'm, That's I'm okay. glad. I'm glad you clarified that because when there's a book called Octung Baby, I know I there know. are a lot of jokes and a lot of concerns that I know, come to mind. I know. <laughs> well, it's because the woman is American and she keeps saying, "Watch out, baby!" But anyway, yeah. so I've been reading it and I've been reading it. She, um, she, she didn't get the word on you know what happened during the forties and right, right. Well, <laughs> she did. Uh, it's. The book is not perfect, by the way. Just I'm going to give my little armchair review of it. But uh, it does have some interesting things in it. Anyway, anyway, so I'm on this journey. I'm like reading a book. I've been reading a lot of books lately because it's been kind of helping me to get to sleep at night. And um, I am reading it on the Tab S3, which is, I believe the Tab S3 is a nine-inch screen yeah it's a 9.7 inch screen and i've been reading it um landscape mode because it's easier to carry it's easier to hold in bed than reading it vertically and it's really weird doing that and having the page cut in half (laughs) it doesn't feel organic so and i'm doing this by the way i exclusively use google playbooks because i don't I don't put my money into Amazon's Kindle. I'm a Google Play book person, um, and sometimes I use Kobo books. And I don't like the two-page thing. And so when you were talking about the Duo, I was just thinking about how great it would be to be able to just have a device that that feels tact- – you know, has the tactile feel of, like, a book. Like, that's what, that's what I really want. I think that would make me more comfortable. My husband likes his Kindle paper white. He likes the the background lighting. You know, it's really comfortable on his eyes. It's a very, like, lightweight piece of hardware. But the way that I use a tablet, gosh, I would just love to have something that I just kind of clamp clamp open and closed kind of yeah. thing. Like, I'm I'm really into that user ability. So uh, let's see if Microsoft can start us out on a journey towards something that could maybe help bring Android tablets back into the fold. Yeah. It's it's such, I've always thought that that form factor is such a compelling concept that we've had this. I really, agree. We, we, we've been in a boring rut of uh, how, how useful and efficient, I'm not complaining about it, but it's for for twenty is it thirty years we've had laptops where here is a screen here is a keyboard here is a hinge that separates the two of them, and it's exciting to see the potential of having a device that can do so many tasks and mechanically adapt to how you want it to function. The idea of having a virtual keyboard 
uh, and then it, opening it like a laptop and having the, the 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 flat screen on the on the table surface being like a virtual keyboard. Uh, the idea of having it open like a book, whether you're reading. I don't like I don't like the virtual keyboard though. Sorry, well, but, I'm just... but just as not if that were no, the only I way agree. of interacting with it. But just but, I agree. And then, I agree. but when you want to read a, a book, it could be like a like a book reader. When you have like an email reader, where it really is. I need to manage the last 180 items that have hit my inbox. I need to get through them really, really quickly. Or I need to look something up in a browser window while I'm replying to right. this other email in another window. You know, like or, or even as simple as having. I mean, so much of uh, so much of my week is a, a Google Doc for a radio show or a podcast where I've got one window that's the doc that I'm and the yes. notes that I'm writing, or, yes. or for any other project, and another window that's the research be it a PDF, mm-hmm, be it a whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and then being able to fold it uh, fold it uh, 360 degrees around itself and just have like a compact tablet for reading comic books and stuff. This is uh, – I, I, I recognize that I'm speaking just as well of the Windows version of this potentially as the Android version of this. But this is a super compelling form factor and I hope that there are a, a stable of developers that have always wanted something like this and are going to write apps just for themselves that happen to be useful for 80% of the people that are out there anyway. It's, I'm not saying that I have money earmarked for the Duo or the Windows version of the Duo, but it's, I can definitely, it's one of those things where I'm sort of aware that this could be something where I convince myself, but you should really but instead of getting one on loan for 30, you should buy one for research, for extended research, for for the hardware library, Andy. Don't don't that's- even think about whether it really, really works well. And yeah, the, and that's the eight-year-old kid that wants something shiny for, for his birthday talking, and, but still. And by the way, last night I was trying to convince myself that the um the Pixel Slate, which is like on super sale right now for $450 on Amazon. For the core M3, I was like, I should buy this just to like <laughs> see what it's like to have this. And then I realized that I wouldn't really be able to use it the way I want to because I have to pay the extra like basically two, three hundred dollars to have the full kit and caboodle. Yeah. And then I'm like, this is this is as much as a laptop. Never mind. I'm just going to stick with my old outdated tablet and yeah. my Chromebook and every other piece of hardware that I have right now. Uh, and also babies apparently need diapers and stuff. So, and, and also, did you know, healthcare in America doesn't fully cost or doesn't fully cover the cost of having a baby in a hospital. Hmm. Uh, and I know all the, all of our overseas listeners are going, Oh, you Americans. And I go, yeah, I know. You know, I have to, I have to back <sighs> off and, uh, maybe apologize for something I said at the top of the show. Maybe mm. the reason why some of those people are like stealing all the napkins out of the dispensers of Dunkin' Donuts is they've got some sort of a homebrewed duct tape like disposable diaper plan. That hey, and, and hey, if you're if you're in the kind of economic pressure, you know whatever will ensure the comfort of your uh, of your kid. Okay, can I just say on on the subject of that napkin thing? I wanted to say something earlier, but I didn't. Um, that is something that I actually learned from my mother, which is to take always take napkins because you never know when you need them. And I do. I have a stack of mixed uh, mixed restaurant napkins in my kitchen that I like just pull from <laughs> because. 
because I, you're, you know, Taco Bell, well, you're, you're in a space of safety and love. Uh, you're surrounded you know, by people who love and understand you. Local taquera. Like, I just, I have, like, just a stack of different napkins from different places. I have, like, a stack of napkins in my car, like, in the side pocket in case somebody spills something or needs to blow a nose. And I don't, you know, I don't have tissue. And, you know, it's, I'm just no, trying to do my part. I, but but you're not sticking your arm all the way into the back to make sure you get the. Oh whole no, press. absolutely not. No, I always pull from the front. Right. And if there's and if there's not a lot left in there, you know, I'm not gonna, because I know what a pain in the butt it is to be the employee that fills those things. Exactly. I spent my time doing that. It's not fun. Well, this is the, see, this is another advantage of Amazon, uh, <laughs> in that like there there are times where like I I've uh, I've uh, about ten years ago I realized how useful chopsticks are inside the house. And every time I'd like buy sushi, they have the the the, the yes. suckers that that sell it. They have, just have a basket, a wicker basket on top of the refrigerator case, and you, they don't even they don't even ask, they don't even look to see how many you take. And maybe I'd take, you know, ooh, uh, oh well, I'm I'm splitting this this salmon roll with somebody, so I need to take three or four. Uh, but uh, but then you really, you go to Amazon and say, oh wow, I can actually buy like a pack of a thousand of these like disposable like bamboo bamboo things for like eight dollars. Done. And I can buy, and I can buy, like, and yeah, okay, you know, I, okay, you know what? I don't apologize. I live alone, and sometimes I don't, I, I don't like want to have to like even wash silverware because all I'm doing is that's okay. Doing a I've been using disposable burrito. forks exactly. All so, I, so I buy, and, okay. and you can buy rather than again even across the street and abusing my my neighbor who has the the, the lovely salads and sandwich shop and stealing like the plastic. I can just buy a box of really nice Dixie brand heavy just, duty. And again, ignore the conversation that we had earlier about climate change. Uh, it always comes around, Andy. We start so strong, and then we slowly reveal truly the garbage people that we are on the inside. I'm just kidding. We are not. You see, li- listeners think Listen, that we're, we're just, okay. They, see, th- this is how tightly scripted and well thought out these show docs are. It gives the impression that we're just making things up as we go. But how could we have brought it all the way back around to the beginning had mm-hmm. there not mm-hmm. been a show doc and a very tightly scripted and rehearsed uh, plan totally for this show? It. I hope you appreciate very that. And if you do appreciate that, by all means, uh, sign up for a membership at Relay.fm. Please. A, uh, we love it when you uh, use our sponsors, uh, our, uh, sponsor services if they make sense to you. Oh, by the way, uh, one of our listeners was trying to use one of our services last week. And our offer code was not working. Uh, the management has worked on that, and now it is working again. So I will be, I will be messaging. Thank you for using our code. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, but if you want to kick in a little bit extra, those are that's always wonderful. Again, not for me, of course, but think about the 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 the, the, the young, the little ion in the. Think about clothes. yeah, my child that's coming. Exactly. I need to pay for the heat. You know. <laughs> Uh, just go to relay.fm slash material uh, to look at uh, ways to sign up for memberships. You, we do offer uh, bonus episodes, not only for our show, but for all the from all the hosts in uh, on the Relay family network of podcasts. Uh, and uh, we do we get, we actually get a, a separate payment. So sometimes we'll get this uh, additional PayPal payment out of the blue. It's like, oh, wow, this this represents like the extra hug, like the second hug we're getting from the listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we <laughs> there are times when, again, we are. There, I we I spoke earlier about being in flannel flannel pajamas and a sweatshirt, but there's a certain warmth that I can only get from 
uh, whether it's through Twitter, whether it's through people in the street, uh, or memberships that comes from knowing how much some of you uh, seem to really, really like the show. And we do very much appreciate that. Uh, Flo, what's going on besides uh, your baby competing with you for the thermostat of the bo- internal body regulation uh, next week? <sighs> I'm hoping, I'm really hoping to get an episode of Honestly Tech out next week that I've been sitting on since November. Um, that is in my to do to do in between the few hours that I'm awake each day. So honestly, techpod.com, um, you will be hearing more about my projects this year. I just first need to get this little project to make sure that, um, you know, they make it through the first couple of months out of the womb. she's She's training a new intern. And you, and you know how hard it is to bring someone up to up to speed on you mm-hmm. know, especially when you have to feed them, clothe them, uh, make you know clean clean them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, somebody described last night creative projects being like little babies that you have to take care of. Like sometimes you do have to like stay up till three in the morning or whatever, and just like not sleep, taking care of it. And I realized that like, oh. I'm doing the real thing though this time. I'm not it's not just a creative project. It's a it's a lifelong not just a comparison. It's a, it's anyway, a, I can't go back now. Yeah, so we got well, <laughs> it's a, we're, it's we're almost there, say, folks. We're gonna say, hey you get away from that power outlet unless we're having problems with the Wi Fi and you're just unplugging the router and plugging it back in again, in which then case, I completely understand. Thanks, thanks, thanks Mommy for, taught thanks you for well. staying on, on the job. <laughs> Carry on. Exactly. Uh, I'm um, as as usual. You can check what what I'm doing on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Anatko on both. Uh, my I was on uh, Boston Public Radio NPR on Monday this week, and you can see that because you're on Mondays now, not Fridays. We're we're, we're we had to make a couple of adjustments. I think I'm back on Fridays next okay. week. But uh, tune in to uh, Twitter to let. And I will I'll usually post what time that I'm going to be on. But uh, as always, go to wgbhnews.org. You can always stream it live or later. That's going to be it for this episode of Material. Thanks, everybody, for listening to us. Uh, We hope you have a really, really wonderful week. And until next week, bye-bye. Top off my beverage. Fortunately, I have... On on sweet beverage service. Ah, uh, okay. Somebody brought Diet Coke to my house this last weekend, which I was just like, because I don't, we don't have soda in the house. We have right now we have ginger beer and Perrier, so I've been mi- mixing half and half because Perrier was on sale at Costco. Yeah, it was thirteen dollars for a twenty four pack. <laughs> so, it's and I mix it. You know the brand, the Brandenburg, Brandenburg. The ginger beer. Anyway, I distill it because it's a little too sweet. So that's what I'm drinking. Yeah. I feel like that should be a bonus clip. What Andy and Flo drink during the podcast. I used to drink kombucha, but then I got pregnant. (laughs) Anyway. Fungus tea. This is this is why good marketing says let's call it let's come up with a word that doesn't exist that Westerners won't understand. So they will never ask. Oh, and well. that Californians will buy in droves. <laughs> Precisely. I am the demographic. Okay. <clears throat> okay. <laughs>